Welcome to Black History Mini Docs Podcast. I'm Bonita Brisker, affectionately known as Busy B, actress, singer, writer, director, producer, and co-founder and CEO of AgriSmart Inc., an international sustainable agriculture and management company. To learn more about what we do, you can visit agrismartinc.com and you can find me on any other social media platform, but that's enough about me. I am so excited today about our very special guest. I want to jump right into it. But first, let me take a quick moment to thank the curator and the executive producer of BHMD, our very own Nima Barnett, award-winning television and film director extraordinaire, and husband Reed R. McCants, also an award-winning actor, director, producer, and the creator of BHMD. I have to pay homage to this dynamic duo for continuing to edutain us educate and entertain us and remind us all of our great legacy and the many, many contributions African-Americans have made throughout history. And we certainly are making history today. It is my great honor to introduce a great man who is an historian with a laundry list of accolades. I, I don't even know where to begin with him. Junie Smith started his producing career as the artistic director of four theater companies. Smith's first feature film was his original stage production of The Nation, released in 1992. In 1999, along with partners, Junie formed the movie production company Drummond and Smith Entertainment, which was later renamed Rainbow Media Group Incorporated. And for the past 22 years, Junie has written, directed, and produced Black independent films at a rate comparable to the late, great Oscar Show. In fact, Smith has even directed more films than Steven Spielberg. And this week marks the release of Junie Smith's 35th film entitled 16 Bars to Love. With all indications, ladies and gentlemen, there will be no slowing down for this ambitious filmmaker. Junie Smith is without question BHMD history made. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend, Junie Smith in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to it, let's get to it. There's so many things I wanna talk about with you, about What's you. What's going on? First of all, how are you? Junie, I am, I'm well. I'm, I'm, I, I am excellent sitting here with you. I haven't seen you in so long. And uh, I hear that you were just here in New York shooting uh, uh, one of the FBI series. What were you shooting? Junie, we're not here to talk about me. I know, but I have to just ask you because I wasn't. I, 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 I was in New York. I was working, but we are not here to talk about me. Yeah, you came to New York and you didn't see me. Did you see Reed? No, I didn't. I did not because I knew I was waiting for this very special moment. I did not want to taint the authenticity of me just sitting here loving on you during our interview. I have been waiting so long to do this and it is such a pleasure and a thrill. And so I want to just jump right in it with you. Junie Smith, you have written, directed, produced how many films, Junie? Which by the way, have all been distributed. Yeah. Tell us um, how how do you okay, let's start with maybe your first film. How did you get started? My first film was a film entitled The Nation. And um that was a project that I started in film school, as far as the film is concerned, but it started in the theater where I'm from. 
theater in New York. I didn't know that. How how the industry, because you started on stage, you started in the theater. How did the industry affect the trajectory of your life's work to become such an ingenious filmmaker? Well, filmmaking wasn't uh, um, uh, in my uh, scope at all, except for something that was filed back as a kid. When I was a kid in the Lower East Side, I grew up in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I used to walk across to this uh, stock store. Stock store meaning, you know, the word is department store now, but back then it's stock store. Okay. And they had myriad um, of articles, of uh, movies, magazines, and stuff like that. And I used to go in there and just look in, in there. And also, there was a projector that they sold, $99. It was a projector that you can get that 8-millimeter projector and you can get some cartoons and put them on there. And I always said I was going to buy that uh, projector. And you had your eye on it, huh? But I never I never was able to get it. You know, I was never able to save the 99 bucks. But, and then, as a result of that, going to the movies all the time, you know, I grew up with four sisters and my mother, I was the only boy. So my mother would wrap me up school night, seven, eight o'clock at night, sneak me off, take me to the movie because that was the only opportunity she got a chance to really spend with me because she had to tend to my sister that my father had. So um, that is uh, so that is what movies were ingrained in me at a, at a very early age, you know. And then I like literature; I like to read. So um, the combination of those two things. Um, kept me in the artistic uh, uh, frame of mind. If you want something, you should go study it and learn it. Yes, indeed. Don't depend on somebody else to tell you something that you can do for yourself. That's right. You always said that. So that's what you, so so I just said, well, I'm going to go to film school. And I applied to, to NYU, had a, had a, had a uh, 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 intensive course over the summer, eight weeks, 12 weeks an intensive course, and you go to class every day, practicals on the weekends, but you had to pay for it. Mm-hmm. See, $20,000, $22,000. And if you were accepted and you didn't have the money off the list to get the next guy that they, they were interested in. And I mailed them about 150 flyers of plays. I said, I never made a film, never made a short, don't know anything about filmmaking. I've acted in front of the camera but I've directed all these plays. And to me, a director directs actors. And as a result of that, I got in that. And then I learned how to, to make movies. And then I came in with a whole different approach. That's amazing. We have to make this an hour. <laughs> but but you, you know what? We, we're going to have to make this part too. I want to continue talking with you about the formula that you know. but. Before we go into talking about your technique and your formula, let's take a quick BHMD break and we'll be right back with Jimmy Smith. Take a picture. A thousand words. The image, the image, the image. 41 honorary degree. He used a camera that 
fight bigotry. A man not dissuaded from pursuing his dream. All encompassed visionary. visionary. From the plains in Kansas to the photons in Paris. Vogue's black lens. Image. Images. From Ali to Malcolm to the ordinary. Fortified pride. The images of glamour. Poverty spreads into light. The images speak and glow brilliantly. He helped launch Essence, a writer born a branch of the learning tree. No longer tampered or shifted, but willed a shaft. Images imagined that lived outside one man's dream. Images composed in a symphony. Images on film from Shaft Odyssey to shared by flashing lights. History maker unashamed. The man is gone, but his image remains. 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 We are here with the one and only prolific filmmaker, Junie Smith. Before the break, you were telling us, Junie, that you went back to New York after moving to Los Angeles to take an intensive film study. Tell us about that. Well, now, okay, let me do this for you. When I finished, even during the class, I knew that I was primarily an actor. And all those formative years were spent developing that. And knowing systems, understanding systems, which is, I think, what college does for one, is that college teaches you how systems of the world operate. Mm -hmm. And then you find out how the world works and where you fit in. Mm -hmm. That's what you can get out of it. So I immediately knew that um, I'm in my middle, late 30s when I'm going to, uh, in my middle 30s, yeah, going to film school. Mm -hmm. And if you say that you're going to go and go to the major studios, you're thinking wrong in terms of percentages because the wonder kind kids coming out of universities are the ones who are filtered into that system. Mm -hmm. And then also being black and knowing the history of America thoroughly and knowing that I'm free and independent, I knew I was going to be an independent filmmaker. Wow. There's a caveat there. Yes. The caveat was this oncoming thing called home entertainment. At the time, it was VHS. And I said to myself, I will be free making movies. You can audition as an actor. That's corporate. That's fine. Nothing to do with race, it's just corporate. But in terms of controlling my destiny as a filmmaker, A, I'm going to be independent, and B, I'm going to be an unapologetic, low-budget filmmaker. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I love it. I love it. Because when I was in the class, the professor went to the board and he wrote, how much does it cost to make a movie? And people sprouted all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. $10 million. At the time, low-budget studio film, $3 million, $5 million, 
25 million, 30 million, lethal weapon, 50 million. And he wrote on the board a ream of paper, a dollar. He says, pen and pencil, 10 cents. Typewriter, last price is $99. But if you don't have one, make that $40 to buy pizza for someone you can borrow the typewriter. Brilliant. And your movie and your budget starts there. He said, because when you go to rent equipment, and if you have Marlon Brando in front of the camera or the mailman, and nothing against the mailman, the <laughs> rental costs the same. The lenses cost the same. The film stock costs the same. And I learned it all on film, 16 millimeter, you know. Mm -hmm. And he says, so the inanimate objects that are needed to make a film has a set price, and it doesn't make a difference who's in front of that or who's being recorded. And so what happens is that those figures that these people were sprouting yes. was always factoring in the above the line category of the budget. And my thing in terms of putting people of color to work in all realms, from the camera, behind the camera, is that the gig with me is never where you're going to get rich. It's going to be a part of the amalgam of your whole year. And you could chase studio work for a whole year and get nothing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole idea is that you're not chasing the money, you're chasing the work because it's about the work. It's about the work. Everything comes from the work. That's right. You understand? So a great basketball player, he comes in the NBA blind. Next thing you know, he's getting commercial endorsement, all kind of stuff, based mm -hmm. off his play. Yes, that's right. So my thing was that I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to attack this home entertainment business. Because if I write a film and the title is V, T-H-E, well, then on the shelf, I'll be right next to the Godfather. <laughs> and if someone goes to the store and picks up Brilliant, Jenny. Godfather, and then if I have the flash, the key, or whatever it is, they'll pick that up. Now, this was by design because I said that I'm just going to be a part and parcel of it. And then this book. I don't know if you can see this book. Can you see this book? No, hold on. I can't see the book. Should I don't hold it up? How there it is. I see it. Yeah. Ah, yes. Can you yes. read what it says? It's hold it down just a little bit. I see uh, uh, an empire of their own. Yes. Uh huh. And what what else did the subtitle there? How the Jews invented Hollywood. Ah, how the Jews invented Hollywood, an empire of their own. By Neil Gaffer. This book taught me the infrastructure and the ecosystem of Hollywood studio movies. And they say movie studios, Hollywood studio movies. Meaning that it never changed. 
to this day, the infrastructure and ecosystem is the same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what I did is I minimized it because the studio, which is what we are now, entailed the following things, financing, production, post-production, distribution. That infrastructure is already set up. So you have to go to the gatekeepers if you want to get it from top to bottom. So I said, well, the first three categories we can control. And when it comes to distribution, we don't want to be distributed. I'm not a distributor. We never distribute anything. But what we did do was we formed relationships with the distributors. And each tier, we went up and up. So now we go direct to the Best Buys. We go direct to the Walmarts. We go direct to the Turner Classic Movies. Well, we you've, you, you, you've gone ahead of some of what I wanted to talk about because it's so fascinating that you have mastered the formula, but we haven't talked about how much you've mastered. Well, when you say master, you've mastered it. But Junie, let us tell the audience how many films you've written, directed, and produced over a period of time. With, 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 well, who's counting? 35. Well, who's counting? No. 35 films. I'm at 35 now. 35 films that you've written, directed, and produced. Correct. And all got distribution. Now, over the past two decades, uh, Tyler Perry has written and directed approximately 16 films. Okay. Uh, Woody Allen has directed 19 or so films approximately. Steven Spielberg has directed approximately 30 films. He's written, directed, and produced approximately 16 films. Okay. Junie Smith, you have written, directed, and produced 35 films? Right. right. I, how do you do it, Junie Smith? You've kind of, I, you certainly have a 360 degree uh, aerial degree of the industry. And you've just answered my question um, when I asked you about the trajectory that of, of your life's work to become such an ingenious filmmaker. This is before we even talked about how many films you've made. So you've come around again, full circle in regards to uh, informing us of your brilliance as a prolific filmmaker. How do you do it? Give us a little hint to the secret of your success. You started giving us, you know, the, the you picked up the book. You just told us about the formula and those things that you've done in forming the relationship. But what is, how do you keep your stamina? How can you have, how can you write, direct, and produce 35 films within, what, what was the period? Uh, 20 years, something like that. 20 okay. years. Yes. Benita, I'm just like you. I'm an artist. It's, 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 you know, I, I, I have to do it. I have to do it. You know, to be an artist, to be an, you have to have to, you have to want to, it's not about you want to do it. You, you have to do it. It's, it's your lifeline. It's who you are. It's who you are. So, you know, and um, so it's just an automatic, you know, it's an automatic thing for me. I'm just, as I told you. I've it's automatic. Yeah. Because you, you, you go and you go and you go. I know in the last, Two years, you've done, how many films have you made in two years? Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And 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 your most recent film, I don't know if we can talk about your most recent film to date, number 35. Is it 16 bars to love? Releasing soon, releasing in December? Thank you for, for mentioning that. Yes. 16 bars to love is releasing this month, December 14th, all on DVD first, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, all online. Listen, I don't sell movies, we don't sell movies, but Junie Smith, J-U-N-E-Y dot Let me sell this movie because it is phenomenal. So I want to talk about well, and, well, and I'm tell you how you can get it, Benita. Junie, you just go to Junie Smith, JunieSmithFilm.com. Now you don't buy the film there, but on that website list all of my films and the places that you can log on and buy online or be, you know, Walmart, streaming. Turner Classic Movies, Best Buy, Amazon, right. Target. Streaming. And, and streaming on and all the streaming time, platforms, streaming on Tubi, you know all of that. So the the website is crucial because, and this is one of the re- well, you know, uh, Reed said, well, you 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 just want to get on here and and, and to, <laughs> to sell some movies, aren't you? I said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. J u n e y smith dot com. And on those films, you know, uh, all the films that we did, I just completed the Legend of Glenn Turner. Yes, the life and career of Glenn Turman that we just finished that um, next week on uh, next Sunday, the, the, the 14th, uh, the 12th of December. I start my next film, which is entitled Women of Theater in New York, which is a story of some unsung theater actresses here who are great actresses. They've you know, done television movies and stuff like that, but they've been on the boards for many years. And they upheld Black theater for, for many years, and we're going to document that. And um, in the spring, I'm going back to my old crime thrillers, which is Murder is the Crime. So that's that's on the tier for right now. So That's it's, incredible. It's a, that's constant, cool. it's a constant thing, you know? It's a constant thing. Congratulations, Junie, on all of your... Isn't Paramount con- constant? Isn't is, is 20th century? Uh, uh, aren't they constant? So it, yes, they are. The same ecosystem and infrastructure that the major studios use is what I lifted on a minute level, but the mechanisms are the same. So it's the same exact formula that they use. That's why they can be prolific. And that's where we're able to be prolific because we're following that. People of color, the, 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 form, the art form of acting we created, Talk about the Greeks and theater and all that kind of stuff. The ritual, all our rituals to our religion and practice and 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 uh, way of life and culture. That is the formulation of theater and performing. You know, and so and it's not about anybody being uh, 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 best. It's about being. You know, we just happen to be first. Yeah, that's the right. Art form itself, you have something to do with. But the formulation of Hollywood and the frustration that Black people have artists who have over Hollywood, you're getting frustrated over something you didn't create. You merely get a chance to participate sometime. And there's a ceiling of people who they allow to participate where you can make a living. So what happens is that all of our investors are very happy. Very happy because everybody is getting a piece and that's why we're able to do what we're doing because I give you an illustration. This is very important for the audience of making movies. Let's say you're making a movie for $100,000. Mm-hmm. 
and you garner up the money, 10,000 here, 20,000 of your savings, whatever it is. And you make the move. And the move is successful. Successful means that you become whole, that you at least make your money back. All the time what happens when people do that is they give all the money back. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're out the game. Now, next time you want to make a movie, you have to start the thing all over again. So what we did is that we took a pool of money, kept it in, and said to all the investors, you'll never see your principal again until we're out of the business. Well, somebody turned the light out on it in the small planet. We're going to take our principal. And if we get a dollar in profit, we will split with the dollar and we're going to reinvest our principal. And then we're going to do another one. So now if you do that, so now you have two movies that's on the docket to go to chase after your your investment opposed to one. And you're still in the business. So that is a part of the formula. That's the most important part. Financing movies are a very expensive endeavor. People say, oh, $100,000 now. Okay, let me see you raise it. Let me see you raise it. It's very difficult. So what happens is that I had to find a way to make movies for this price. And that goes, that's a whole different thing that's coming in the book. Memoirs of a low-budget movie maker. Once again, this is low budget, but you still have to pass quality control. You still have to be industry standard. So what I do is I just get great actors. I get great actors from the theater. And the performances are going to be there. And if the camera is the same camera that, you know, you're using every Bouch uses, and you got some type of production value, you can do it. And we got better as time went on, and we got a good team. But that's the main thing in terms of that. And if you and being black, you already know going into it that if you're chasing the corporate world, your chances are nil. If you're some young wonder kind, go for it. But it's unrealistic to be 40 years old and you decide that I'm going to take my script to Universal. And I've seen so many people, they even went to film school, that never made a movie in their life because of that false thinking and the misunderstanding that um, you're free, you're no longer a servitude slave, and you can do it on your own. And then if you do it good enough, then the corporations will come to you. Thanks for watching or listening. And we've got more. Join us next time for part two of our conversation with our special guest, filmmaker, actor, Junie Smith on Black History Mini Docs podcast. Take care and be kind. Black History Mini Docs.